Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. with the coyote fitness podcast hunter here with caleb again and we are back for the first time in the coyote podcast studio in madison so excited to be set up here um hopefully we'll have a piece of equipment we need to start having more than two people but for now we're we got two and we're gonna uh come back at you with our first time back-to-back weeks with the uh Coyote Fitness Podcast, feeling good about it. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Also, if you're listening to this uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcast, um, this is the first time I think we can you can access us on Spotify. So if that's easier for you, check give us it a out shot. on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. We're uh, we're really trying to we want want to put a lot of work into growing this podcast. So um, we're excited to be on multiple platforms. Apparently, there's like a million and one other um, podcast platforms out there, but for now, we're on iTunes and Spotify and potentially more um, be- as we get into this. And we learn a little bit more about editing podcasts. So. We're going to give Rogan a run for his money. Yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan, uh, just letting you know in advance that uh, <laughs> there's going to be a new podcast talking about aliens coming up pretty soon to take you down. Okay, so anyways, uh, speaking of Joe Rogan, uh, we are going to talk about comparison and why comparing yourself to other people in your health and fitness journey can be a really um, bad idea, don't you think, Caleb? I mean, it could be. It's. I literally did not mean to do that, but the reality is a lot of times in our health and fitness, we find ourselves, without knowing it, comparing, comparing ourselves to people who have a completely different journey, have completely different time span on uh, what their progress has been like. We don't know where someone's been. We don't know what their goals are. We don't know what they're doing in the other 23 hours of the day that we maybe don't see them. And so when we find ourselves comparing to someone else and using that as the only metric for success, then it can be it can really take our happiness from, um, from the road and the journey that we're on. So um, just like you know, a, a podcast that has a hundred episodes, it would be foolish to compare ourselves to one that has, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred. And so I think as we get into that, there'll be um, hopefully a lot of takeaways for us in finding happiness and in not comparison and not going down the road. of Yeah. Comparison. And comparison is, and it really is, I mean, it's just human nature. We, you know, we, we compare ourselves to other people in all aspects and it can, it can lead to a lot of, um, you know, negative self, uh, thought, uh, self doubt, you know, disappointment, um, depression, all kinds of things can happen 
when we're comparing what we've done compared to what somebody else is doing. And especially with social media, it's such a, a problem because people are always posting on social media all of their, you know, successes. And you don't see all the work that got them there or all the failures that they've had as well. And we're always just kind of seeing the high, highlight reels of other people's lives and they look so great. And um, I do think there is a little bit of a movement for people to start making a little bit more real posts. And I do like the Instagram versus reality type things where they show somebody like I saw one last week where they showed somebody on vacation and it was like this perfect picture with this great backdrop. And then they showed another one and it was zoomed out and the guy was like hanging on this rock and there's like 50 people waiting in line to get the same picture, you know? And so the picture looks cool and all, but the reality is completely different than what the picture depicts. And a lot of times that's the same case for, you know, anything health and fitness. If you're comparing yourself to somebody else in some area, um, because you might think that they're farther along than you. Number one, you don't have the whole story. Number two, you, you, you have a completely different life and background than they do. And then number three, you might be comparing yourself to somebody who is comparing themselves to somebody else and they're not happy with where they're at. And it's, it's this vicious cycle. And, um, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you at something or farther along than you at something. And it can really lead us to, um, rob ourselves of a lot of joy and contentment with where we're at. And that's something that, you know, I've constantly fought my entire life is comparing myself to other people and seeing other people have success that I felt like I wanted to have. And, um, it's just a constant battle. And I don't think it's anything that we're ever going to solve and be like, okay, I'm not comparing anymore. I'm completely done with it. It's always going to be a, a battle. Um, but it's something that I think if you can draw a little bit more awareness to, you can, um, kind of help yourself to, um, I don't know, navigate the, uh, ups and downs of life a little bit better i think there's a lot of there's a lot of ways where like you said there's benefits of comparison and we can maybe even talk about that what are some ways where that's helpful um so it's just not a downer on comparison but i think at the end of the day what typically happens let's use the gym for example is um, you can give a really great effort and then only later after seeing what someone else has done then it completely changes your perception of what you did that day. And so um, a workout's a great example. You come in, you give your best effort, 10 minutes is your score. You're really happy with it. You're glad you made it to the gym that day. You had X, Y, Z going on at home. You made it, you made it a priority. You feel great, you get in the car. And then that night you're laying in bed and you see that someone else um, who's a peer of yours did, did a workout 10 seconds faster. And all of a sudden you get that sinking feeling like, oh no, I didn't, you know, uh, you feel negative feelings about something that you were incredibly positive and that was right in line with exactly what your goal was for the day. Mm -hmm. Come in, give a great effort, and all of a sudden the comparison just changed your whole perception of your own reality. And so for us, I think it's just learning to try to, for us as coaches, create an environment where that doesn't happen, um, but also just helping encourage people to, to measure the effort and measure your what is your 24 hour? What does your week look like? And what does success look like? And if you can identify those things on the front end, you're much more likely to be happy when, um, when you complete that goal and it's not going to be affected by what other people around you are doing. That that's something that definitely, uh, I've, I've dealt with a lot throughout my, um, journey in, in CrossFit specifically competing. Um, and I've talked about this before, how I used to be very, um, 
you know, how my mood on a given day was determined by how I felt I did on a workout or if somebody beat me in a workout, I would be upset about it. And that was amplified to the nth degree in the open when you, you, you know, it seems like every time you would do a workout, you finish, you're like, wow, that was, you know, I, I, I'm happy with that. I felt like that was my best effort. And then you do the workout Friday and then you're checking the leaderboard Monday and you're, see all these other people that beat you and all of a sudden you start feeling gosh i I didn't you know i could have done better i could have done better here i could have done better here as opposed to being happy with with the effort that you gave in that particular day and it 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 can rob really rob the joy and um the feeling of satisfaction of putting in hard work when you are saying well i i didn't do it good a good as good of a time as somebody else um and it makes it you know, to me, for me, it almost led to a point of burnout where I was putting so much pressure on myself to compete and, and perform every single day that when I wasn't performing up to the level of my expectations or felt like, you know, some other people were progressing faster than me or this, that, and the other, it made me just not even want to do it anymore. And that was a very tough spot to be in because for me, I would you know, built a, a business around uh, this methodology that I love and have fell in love with for so long and I can see can change so many lives but then when i feel like i don't even want to do it anymore that's a really tough spot to be because that's that's literally my business and so that was when i had to have a good hard look at myself and realize well why am i getting so upset or nervous about workouts or upset when i don't do things and when i was able to kind of change my perspective on why i was working out to i'm doing this workout for um my health and fitness to help me um have more energy uh feel better um be more productive at work um be able to have a higher quality of life longer um and you know all the many positive benefits and you know i'm the the comp- competition aspect is just a fun part of it but i'm not going to let it define whether my workout was good or not based off of s- somebody else um do better than me or not and that was a not an overnight process that was a long process um but it completely changed uh training and working out for me to now i enjoy it because i enjoy doing the hard workout because I know the benefit that it's going to give me. And that was, that was my specific journey and it's a long one, but I think anybody can look at what they're doing. And for some people it can be diet and why I'm, you know, we see it a lot with couples, you know, uh, so-and-so, you know, my husband or my wife, they only changed one or two things and they've lost 10 pounds and I've only lost two pounds. I'm so frustrated. And well, you've lost two pounds. That's great. You know, just, you can't really compare yourself to somebody else because you know, y'all are at completely different spots and completely different backgrounds and all that type of stuff. So, you know, for other people's people, it can be diet. And I keep always come back to this, you know, the, the leaderboard is people love it because you can see the, the results. They're up there on the board, but that's one of the few aspects of life where you can really actually see, you know, a specific, you compare yourself to somebody else on this specific time on the workout. Um, and you know, the in body is another one and people can use that to compare the weight, the scale is some, something people can use co- to compare, but th- there's a lot of areas in life where it's not that cut and dry. Like for example, make it how much money you make. There's not a, a leaderboard posted out there for how much money people make. Now you can look and say, well, they have this nice house or they have this nice car. They probably make more money than me. But we also know that that can be very deceiving and, and those type of things can lead you, um, you know, people can put be showing something that's not reality but if there was 
like a scoreboard and leaderboard of every day it was updated with how much money some every everybody in the world had in their bank account. Then all of a sudden people would be competing over that. You know, any any type of thing you can make a leaderboard out, people are going to compete over. And so the 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 the, le- the, the leaderboard of, at the gym on Sugar Rod is just one thing that people can compare themselves to. Um, and so I think that's why people get so obsessed about it because it's one of the few things in life that's like cut and dry. That's that's here. I can look at it and see where I rank. Yeah, for sure. And um, as a as a nutrition coach, this is something where, you know, when we start using the in-body scanner, all of a sudden there's the potential for that to be an an unhealthy measurement tool when it's used in comparison to anyone else except yourself. And so when you're right, I think there's an aspect of human nature that if there are markers that are consistent with multiple people, we naturally are going to gravitate towards staring at other people as opposed to staying in our lane and controlling what we can control. Um, I think part of that is we minimize all the other factors of life that has have give, gotten us to that point. You know, we forget that there are potentially 30, 40 years of habits that have gotten us to this point, and yet we we want to feel like we're on an even playing field so that we can compare. But the reality is there's a lot of factors that go into these measurements and not all of them are as simple as, oh, this is the score. This reflects perfectly my overall value. And that's ultimately, I think, where people get to is we want to we want to find value in that comparison. And so I think it like in a deep way really gets to us learning to find value in ourselves and what we truly value within ourselves and our circle and not in the value of what maybe other people think about us. Yeah, that's really, that's really good. The more you can focus on what you can control. And for me, in particular, this is something that's been incredibly helpful for me is to really focus on, um, taking, looking forward at what my goals are and then trying to break those down into pieces of things that I could control, things that I can do every day that are going to help me get there. And I know that if I do them every single day for a long enough or consistently for a long enough period of time, I'm eventually going to get there. That allows me to take the focus off of the external, you know, result of what I'm doing and focus more on the internal of, of getting the work done every single day. And so, you know, I learned, I learned a lot of that from that Atomic Habits book. And that was such a uh, a great book that I read a long time ago, but that really influenced uh, the Beachbody Challenge and, and the, this iteration that that I came up with because we had four or five different iterations of the Beachbody Challenge before um, this particular one, and that was the reason I decided to change it to, to this specific thing because I really wanted to think about, well, what are the six things, habits, that if people do every single day, they're going to be much more likely to to have success. And I think that's why people have been so successful with it because it takes the focus off of the end result of how much weight did I lose or, you know, how much body fat did I lose or how much uh, muscle did I gain? And it puts it on the keeping score of what you do every single day. And then you get a score and rewarded by not by, um, you know, you do, you do get rewarded by, by, your scan at the end, but that's not the focus. The focus is on the day to day, getting the points every single day. And it rewards people for the consistency. And so if we can take the focus off of the ultimate end result, 
um, and put it more on the day-to-day work that I need to put in every single day, I think it just makes us a lot more happy and fulfilled because we're we're like, man, I got six points again today. I got six points again today. I'm the type of person that's consistent. I'm the type of person that follows through with what I'm doing. And you're teaching yourself that over and over again, and you're focused on what you're doing as opposed to what everybody else is doing. We always get back to this same idea. The Beachbody Challenge is no different. But ultimately, I think one secret to that is remembering. And if anybody was struggling with this and they came to me, the first question I would ask is, why did you start in the first place? Why do you have this goal of wanting to be fit? Why do you have this body composition goal? And when they give you the answer, it's, well, why is that the goal? And if you can go these these layers deep, and we just hit this home all the time, um, we hammer this idea because if you can get to the why, all of a sudden, then the thing that matters is you and what you can control. And the less you get away from why you actually started, the more external things start to creep in and you start to fall victim to that comparison mindset. Yeah, I agree. So let's, let's give people a couple of takeaways here. Um, number one, I think a lot of times we're not even aware that we are being, you know, a lot of our actions and our emotions are being compared or dictated by the actions of others. Um, I was actually having my conversation with my wife about this this weekend. And after the CrossFit games ended, I always feel a little down, like, oh, it's over. You know, it's like this big come up and then it's over with. But I started to realize, like, a part of it is me watching, you know, people that I used to compete against a long time ago. And and they're still out there competing. And it's like, man, that was something that I trained, get dedicated my life to and I never achieved. And so it's almost it makes me feel like, gosh, I wasn't able to achieve it. And this person's been there for and he's been there for 10 years, 12 years, you know? And so it makes you almost feel like, gosh, um, I'm not, I'm less than because I'm not able to do that anymore, even though that's not my goal anymore, but it still was my goal for a long period of my, of my life. And so, um, it's something that I still struggle with, but I think where I was going with that is a lot of times we're not even aware that we are so deep in this comparison game that it's robbing us from, you know, the, the, the joys of, of the progress that we've actually been making. And that was something that I was kind of talking through with her and like, man, look how much progress, you know, we've made in business and our relationship and, you know, my personal life and all this other things, the things that are actually my priorities now, but I'm looking at what somebody else is doing in, in a field that's not even anywhere remotely close to what my goal is now. And it's still making me feel a little bit bad about myself because I'm not achieving that. And so I thought, I thought that was, a good takeaway for me to be able to actually um, make that connection. But I think so many times we walk through life without even realizing that we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people in certain areas and it's, it's, it's breaking us down. So number one is how do you become aware of, of that? How do you become aware of your actions are being dictated by your comparisons to other people? I think, are you asking me the question? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, man. Uh, I was ready for point <laughs> Come on, number two. Diet, diet coach me. I was ready for point number two. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I think it's as simple as, are you truly happy when someone, when you hear about someone else's success? What is the immediate response if you hear about the success of someone else? Or you've got to be really intuitive, but even the failures of someone else, Mm -hmm. if you feel better about yourself when someone else doesn't do as good or doesn't see that success, if that helps keep you motivated or if their success gives you kind of that feeling that you're behind because behind should be 100% 
focused on did I was I disciplined to do the steps that I need to do mm-hmm. to get me where I want to be? And if you don't do those things, then you only have yourself to blame, but you also know what you can fix. So it doesn't even have to be that negative. But I think that like a good litmus test for that is what's my immediate response as soon as I hear about other people? And that typically tells us whether or not we are our emotions are uh, being played by someone else. That's that's great. You know, success is not a zero sum game. It's not a you or me. It's we can both be successful together and your success doesn't take away from my ability to have success and vice versa. Like we can all be successful together. You know, we all see those people that come to the gym and they're watching other people do a workout and they're, and they're watching them. And as soon as they realize they're not going to beat them, then they start cheering them on. You know, they cheer them on after they realize that, that, that they're, that this person's not going to beat their score. And it's like, I'm going to cheer for you as long as you don't beat me. But if we're on the same level and you beat me, then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a little bit upset. So that's, that's really good. You just, and I think, you know, just being able to have that honest conversation with yourself and think about, you know, am I comparing myself to others a little bit too much? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. The, the point that I think would be, would, that would be helpful is, um, the idea that there's always going to be a bigger yacht in the ocean, yeah, you know, like no matter where you get to, there's always someone that's going to be, um, perceived as better looking, more ripped, more muscle. There's always going to be someone that's wealthier than the wealthiest person, you know, it's like, it never ends. Right. And so the, you know, I was thinking about this analogy with the whole yacht idea, because you could look at a boat and be like, man, that boat is like, that would be amazing. And then all of a sudden you just have this boat come behind yeah. it. It just like eclipses the boat that you have. You can't even see it because yeah. it comes in front like you used to do with your bicep right. in front of mine. <laughs> uh, but then this boat comes and you're like, and it kind of zooms out. And you've seen these videos, this one video I saw of like planets, you know, and it's like how big space is. And it was like one planet just comes in front of the other. And then all of a sudden it looks tiny. <laughs> you're laughing because you used to do that yeah, with, uh, well, with my arms all the time. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> our my good friend Tate and some of you guys will remember Tate. Tate was one of our trainers who who died at uh, about five or six years, six or seven years ago. And uh, he used to always, you know, him and I grew up together and we played baseball together and we lifted weights together and he was a super jack guy and he would always mess around. And if he, if he, if somebody be flexing in the mirror, he would go and stand in front of them and flex his arm in front of theirs and just say, you've been eclipsed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, I just always thought it was so funny. So I used to do it to Caleb back in the day too. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, the, the idea though, is that like, there's always going to be a bigger yacht, but the reason that people get on a boat and have a yacht is so you can go out in the ocean and enjoy the view. And when you see that. Um, it's like, that's the point is you get out to a view that maybe you're not, you don't get to see. And yet we as humans end up comparing the actual boats instead of like the and, whole point and that's is a the great view analogy too, because there can be somebody on the shore like us. who's like, man, that is an awesome yacht. Yeah. And I mean, what would it be like to be on that yacht? And then that guy's on the yacht and then another yacht comes in front of his. And now he's mad because this guy's has a bigger yacht and you could just keep going on all the way down and until the biggest yacht in the whole world comes by and then he'll, that guy's going to find something else to, to compare himself to, yep. you know, and so, I, that guy's, they're, they're taller than me or whatever, whatever it eventually, is. Eventually it goes on forever. And so yeah. eventually you have to get to a point where you realize that your journey is the goal. The enjoyment of making progress is where you have to find joy because if you get so focused only on the destination, 
um, then you're going to get to that point and wish you had more or wish it was more extreme. Oh, I want to get to this percent body fat. Well, what happens with someone new joins, joins the gym and they, they are a little bit leaner and then all of a sudden, Oh, I want to be like that person. And then you're chasing something that just never, it just never happens. And so, um, if you can, you can just like take this huge leap forward in your progress and your enjoyment and your joy by doing the work now to find out where you have that comparison mindset and really work to try to identify that and you're going to you're going to experience a lot of joy in the process. The funny thing is too that if you look at the people who are the most successful in any field or um you know people like CrossFit Games is on top of mind cuz that just happened. Um go see the people that are the best at the CrossFit Games. They genuinely just love training they love being at the gym every single day they would keep they would keep doing it even after um, they were competing they're not doing it for the one weekend a year where they get to go and compete on tv they're doing it because they generally love the grind of showing up and putting in you know working to exhaustion and getting a little bit better every single day and that's the same for any field you know the best business people in the world they most successful they got more money than they could spend in a hundred lifetimes they're not doing it for money anymore they're well past that point they're doing it because they genuinely love it they just love the day, the day in and day out grind of it and the same with athletes you know um they just love putting in the work and if if you're if you're doing something specifically just for the reward that you're going to get at the end it's going to lead to burnout and you're not going to be as successful as you would if you just would fall in love with the journey so i to me that would be you know, if you are one of those people that is struck, feels like you're struggling with this, which we all are to some extent, for sure. Um, some of us just, you know, you might be able to have a little bit more awareness about it, but we're always, always going to fight, struggle with it because we're all human. Um, then it's go back to the question. Why am I doing this? Why did I start this? What was my purpose of joining the gym in the first place? It wasn't to beat so-and-so in a workout. That was never the purpose of why you joined Coyote Fitness. Um, or whatever gym you joined. It's for X, Y, Z reason. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to, you know, extend my life. I want to get my blood pressure down, whatever it is. And then go back to, have I achieved those? Or if I haven't, what do I need to do to get there? And then for me, the third thing would be, go back to focusing on the stuff that's in your control. What are the things that I need to do day in and day out that's going to help me get there? And just focus on those specifically. If you finish a workout, think to yourself, was that my best effort? Is that going to get me a step closer to um, my goal? And if it was, then that's awesome. You won the day on that on that front. And if you say, well, I didn't get my best effort on that one, that's okay. You still came in, you did your workout, maybe try to do, you know, see if you can give a little bit more effort tomorrow, whatever the case may be. But if you're focusing on, that was my best effort, but so-and-so beat me on the workout, so therefore the, the day was a loss. No, the day was not a loss. The day was a win. You know. the, the, yeah. And, a, and a, again, another just real practical thing is, especially when it comes to body composition or our health, um, it's not always progress. Like it's, it's not like, yes, we, I think progress is maintaining your health as you age, because for the most part, everyone around you is declining significantly as you age. And the expectation is that, oh, you're in your late thirties, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. And so you flash forward to like 50s, 60s. What we're trying to do, I think, is just be in a place where we maintain really healthy habits and balance through throughout that time. But if you get caught in this idea that like, oh, I've got to have this next thing, well, body fat percentage eventually stops. Like yeah. there comes a point where a healthy body fat is not more lean, 
right? Maintaining where you're at is probably healthier because um, they're just, it requires so much. Like you can't get to, you know, you can't get to 2%, 1%, 0% body fat. So negative percent. Yeah, right? there's no negative percent body <laughs> fat. Eventually, DK Metcalf, he might be negative. Yeah. Percent. <laughs> so if you don't learn that, then you're going to get to a point where you're like, for some reason, you feel guilty or you feel like you're not happy. But you're in an incredibly healthy place, and that should be a win. But because of that comparison, we almost are addicted to, uh, addicted to like something measurable. When in reality, it may be it may be a really healthy thing to, to maintain, where you're at. You just got to change what you know what ultimately what your, what your priority is. You know, I'm probably never going to PR any lifts ever again. I'm not even close to my lifetime PRs, and you know I'm okay with that. Uh, because that's not my goal anymore. My goal is now health and longevity and, and trying to grow the business and, and my family and that type of stuff. And performance in the gym is no longer um, my top priority. It's not even close to my top priority. So I'm okay with you know lifting less weight than I used to be able to because that's not my goal anymore. And if you can you know re- realign those, those goalposts to what your actual goal is, um, it's going to help you, you know, just – feel so much better about about life day in and day out because you're not focused on something that really is doesn't even matter that much in in the end anyway so um i thought i think that's a good discussion i think that's something that pretty much anybody can apply to any any area of life well outside health and fitness but you know especially when it comes to training and working out in the gym and also diet and losing weight losing body fat percent all that type of stuff it's so easy to look and see what other people are doing because you see them every day and you can feel like so somebody's making progress faster than you, but you know, the reality is if you can just bring the focus back to yourself, you will be much more likely to get to, to, to your goals and ultimately remembering why, uh, you joined the gym in the first place and, and realigning yourself with that ultimate why, because the reality is we want to be able to, you know, the, train and be healthy for the rest of our lives. You know, for some of us, that could be 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you know, in, in 40 years, are you going to care about if somebody lost weight two months faster than you or if somebody, you know, <laughs> did a workout 10, 10, 10 seconds faster than you? Nope. No, nobody cares about that. Ultimately, what matters is, you know, your health and fitness over the lifespan of your life. So I think that's that's great to have that type of perspective. Boom. Okay. So let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. Outside the box. Ta-dum. So I, uh, real quick, I'll start. I, uh, leaving... Um, in two days on Friday, when this airs, I'll have already come and gone, but we're, my wife and I are going to Nashville to see the red hot chili peppers on Friday night in Nissan stadium where the Titans play. And, um, I could not be more excited about it. I've been wanting to see them, um, in person for a while now, um, since they got, uh, John Frusciante back in the band and, um, we're going to be sitting pretty close. So I'm super, super excited about it. We're going to drive up Friday and, uh, go see the, uh, concert on friday then we're gonna get up early not early but get up in the morning on saturday and uh go we found a running spot along the river where we're gonna run and uh then we're gonna have a brunch and then we're gonna go eat at a uh restaurant that was booked up but uh dr john isaacs had a friend who hooked us up and got us uh reservations at etch restaurant in uh, nashville and so thank you dr john for that uh we're really excited about it. it's gonna be a fun trip and just a nice little weekend getaway and um 
I, I'm really looking forward to it. So next time we shoot, I'll have to tell you how the concert was. Man, that was exciting listening to the lineup of uh, what you got planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, not pretty nice little Saturday. Let me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite the weekend. The, and uh, actually, the Strokes are opening for them as well too. So it should be a really good show. Man, no matter what I'm doing, it's going to be really lame uh, yeah, over the probably. weekend. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, let me tell you about a fun time we had uh, last night. So um, we got a new a new shark. Okay, we uh, new vacuum, automated, fancy smancy. Everybody's got one. Apparently, we're the last people to get one. Well, our dog got a little bit scared, frightened. Something happened, and our dog pooped in one of the rooms. We did not know. And so didn't really have much foresight into how we automated the vacuum, but you know where the story's going. Our vacuum vacuumed up the dog's poop and smeared it all through this room. Um, last night, we spent about 40 minutes taking apart this shark vacuum and cleaning <laughs> dog poop out of it. And it was it was exactly what it sounds like. It was miserable. Um, I was, we've had this, we've had this machine now for maybe two weeks. I think so. I haven't really seen the benefit of it and I I wanted to smash it. You just got to throw it away. I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to take a golf club to this thing last night. Um, so, so that was, uh, that's, there's you know, no that's coming back the, from that. Yeah, no. So that's been the really the most exciting part of our week so far. <laughs> we got a shark at home, and my wife loves it. Jeez, she I, loves it. I but heard nothing but good things. L- luckily, our dogs uh, haven't gone to the bathroom inside in a couple years now, so we hadn't had to deal with that. But I could definitely. I've seen a video on on um, Instagram where some, that happened to somebody, and. Oh, uh, I think theirs was worse than yours was, was. Theirs was like the whole house. Oh and, yeah, oh, no, it's, it the for some reason the machine kind of like got caught up, and I think the battery died, and it so it was all just in one one room, and it was luckily not a room that we actually uh, do a lot of stuff or in. ever going in any room. Again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we just locked so the Sarah door, had a good time last quarant- night cleaning quarantine. That. Oh yeah. gosh, no, we uh we we made it a group effort. I tried to rebel against cleaning it because it was not my idea to purchase it, but after about five minutes. Uh, I decided to, that it was going to be a group effort. Look, I've learned this, that <laughs> the uh, happy wife is, is equal to clean floors. There, if the floors are go. clean, <laughs> then your wife is going to be happy. So that shark has become my best friend. So I can just turn him on, turn it on, let yeah. him do his thing. And uh, then my I really love that. I mean, I really did. I enjoyed vacuuming. I love going through the corners and doing things. But no, this is a, we're going to give it a shot. So it's got one more chance. And then the golf club is... It's going to the shark. <laughs> You're gonna be like uh, Office Space with the with the printer. Yeah, I rewatched, <laughs> yeah. I, rewatched <laughs> I rewatched Office Space not too long ago, and my, my wife had never seen it, and I was like, I think you need to watch this because this is this is exactly just like your job that she had at the time, and just sitting in the cubicle, and she like every like every five minutes she's like, that's exactly like my my job. We yeah, but that movie is so fun. I've got to, we've got to watch that because it has been years. It had been about twenty years since I watched. I probably it. see it, that clip once a year. Somebody uh, will send a meme or something that has printer. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, highly recommend go see uh, Watch Office Space if you hadn't seen it in a long time. It's so funny. Okay, um, you got any other recommends? What uh, TV show? What, so, uh, you, you watch a good TV show lately? Yeah, so people think that as a nutrition coach, like I hate food. So like we'll go to a party and it's like the jokes just are nonstop from the second well, from we one person. In. It's from yeah, one person. It's from one, we know. <laughs> yeah, we know who it is. Uh, no, so I get lots of comments. Like I love food. I think one of the great things about 
nutrition coaching. I had someone text me this week and say they were able to eat tacos and not feel guilty about it. It fit right within their goals and tacos make them happy. And so they were happy. And so that is like tacos make me happy. Tacos make everyone happy. If you can teach someone to eat tacos and (laughs) crush their goals, then you, uh, yeah, take my money, (laughs) whatever you want. This is it. You've earned it. Um, but we started watching. Um, we started watching this uh, show on Netflix that is, um, and I gotta look up the name of it. It's it's called Street Food USA, maybe. Uh, yeah, Street Food USA, and it's a newer street food show. And I love. I've traveled a lot. I've been I've been able to to travel all over the world and eat a lot of different street foods and um, living overseas for a little while. I kind of learned to kind of branch out a little bit. And so I love watching shows that go geographically through different areas. And this one's about the U.S., but a lot of it is um, cultural influences from other countries that have landed in in bigger cities. And so um, anyway, watching that Street Food USA on Netflix, it was a great, like I loved it, man. It was, it was really well done. They go through and you get to just see some foods that um, that we don't typically eat every day. And, and so that was, uh, that's something I recommend. It's good. Not if you're in a calorie deficit, I do not recommend watching it on an empty <laughs> stomach. Just uh, like don't go to Kroger on empty yeah, stomach. Yeah. Eat food and, and then, then watch it. And then yeah, watch yeah. it. Watch it when you're full. So we watched this show on, uh, it was on Hulu, but it's original on FX called the bear. Did I say about that? Oh, I've seen it. And, uh, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know what to expect. And I, I thought it was hilarious. It was really good. And uh, my wife said it was, she used to work at a restaurant, and she said it was exactly like working in a restaurant. But <laughs> I've heard it's very accurate. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I told my brother to watch it too because he used to work at a restaurant. But um, I've heard that if you've ever worked in a restaurant that this show would be really great for you to watch. But I thought it was really funny. It was basically about um, this guy who was who won an award for best chef in the world, and um, – he was working at this super fancy restaurant and then his brother died and uh, left him his this restaurant in Chicago that was just like kind of just like fall, like falling apart, like no structure. They make roast beef sandwiches and stuff like that. And it's just the story of him trying to get the uh, the the restaurant back on track and dealing with all this stuff. And it's just I thought it was hilarious. So it was one of those. It's only, I think, eight episodes and they're like 30 minutes each. So you can blow through it and in a day or a weekend really fast if you got got a little bit of free time so check out the bear on um on hulu or fx um if you want to watch a nice quick easy it's good show. yeah it is quick uh we couldn't sarah got so wired when we'd watch that because they're like just it's, like it's, it's a super frantic yeah. pace and yeah. apparently there are i didn't even realize it but like it's one of those shows where you find yourself like holding your breath the whole time and yeah. you're like, Oh, I was really <laughs> tense. And it's because apparently someone told me this, we were talking about it in the gym the other day. Apparently they shot a lot of it and you don't really realize they did it without cuts. Yeah. And so they did a lot of that. So the acting is, is phenomenal, that. but I they did that. without those cuts. And love, it's like, you're yeah. just like, I you, love TV. I love shows and movies when they just go on, they just don't cut. Yeah. And I noticed the first episode, it was just all in the, in the kitchen and, uh, it would just seem so claustrophobic in there and there was so much going on and it was just absolute chaos. And I'm sure that's what they were going for in the show, but I thought it was really good. They did a great job. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, that, that uh, wraps up our episode today. Thanks for listening guys. And we'll see you uh, next week.
the silky smooth sounds.